Welcome to the Slow Twitch Podcast, episode 13, Ryan? 13, 12, I think. I, think. 12? <sighs> I mean, it, I, again, it all just depends on how you count. But Yeah, yeah, it's true. We've got a good, uh, fun guest today. Ryan, do you want to introduce our guest? No. Why? <laughs> but I we will. don't know each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eric, come on. It's Sky. It's Purple Power. Sky. Sky's on the podcast today. Sky, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you being here. Um, Real quick, we're going to go over what happened over the weekend, and then we will uh, dive into the next 55 minutes talking with Sky. Um, What did happen over the weekend? We had the Great Plains Gravel Triathlon in Lincoln, Nebraska happen over the weekend. Um, since Ryan wasn't there, I guess I will talk about it. Um, I just wrote an article on the homepage last night about it. Um, really awesome event. Um, what was, what was cool about the event for me was it was the first triathlon outside of Beaver Creek, which I did last year briefly that I've done in like three years. And so it was, it was really nice to be back racing. Um, and it, and it really brought me back to like the core of when I started doing triathlon 22 years ago, because the very first triathlon I ever did was this little tiny indoor swim triathlon at Orm Rack in Orm, Utah. That was a fundraiser for the Utah Valley State College triathlon team. And there was like 35 people at the race. And then the second triathlon I ever did was a sprint that was down in St. George. And there was like 200 people at the race. And so, um, you know, the gravel try, um, there was only 70 racers, which is kind of what we wanted for the first year. And so it was like this really small group of individuals that were there just to have a, a really good time. Um, no one took it too serious. Um, everybody was, you know, talking to each other and, um, uh, before the event and, um, it was just really well done. It was a lot of fun. It was, a it was an 1100 meter swim it was supposed to be a thousand meters, but they knew I was racing. So they added an extra hundred meters onto the swim. And then it was a 30 mile gravel ride with quite a bit of elevation, you know, just that rolling Midwest gravel you know, kind of like what you see at like Ambound where it's just like the, the thousand hills or what crushes you. Um, so it had almost 2000 feet of elevation climb um, in, in the actual event. And so you're just constantly going up and down these gravel trails. Um, and then it was a 6.2 uh, miles uh, run. So it was a 10K. Um, and it was awesome. I, I loved it. And that's what happened in my life over was the weekend and probably the biggest event that happened in triathlon over the weekend obviously was was that race was the run on gravel too <laughs> i mean yeah so i talked about this in the article i i made a massive mistake in shoe choice because i wore like the the hoka rocket x2 um and it was it was all dirt and it was it was dirt it was grass and, and then there was this section where it was just these little tight, little switchbacks, single track switchbacks. And so, um, about 
a mile into the the rut, I, I was like, oh shit, I should have really like looked at this run course before I made a shoe decision. Cause I, I focus so much time and energy on getting my bike right um, for the event that I completely neglected the run. Cause I was like, ah, it's a run, whatever. Um, but I, you know, not that I'm a fast runner, but I definitely lost some time on the run based on shoe choice. So, um, I mean, you talked a, you talked a fair bit about it in your article, which is on the homepage right now. Um, you know, probably half of it's about bike fit and just how critical it was for to get right for this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so, I mean, for, for me particularly, because I, um, you know, I used to be a fast athlete back in the day. And, uh, bike particularly, I was really, really strong on the bike. And so, you know, I fall into this problem where I, I get on a bike and, and I get in aero bars and I think I'm the same athlete that I was 20 years ago. And, uh, and I totally injure myself by going too hard. And, and, and because I'm constantly switching bikes and doing reviews on bikes and stuff like that, like my fit isn't always the same. And so I always tweak something. Um, and so I, I'm trying to do a better job at making sure that when I get on a bike, it's like, I'm properly fit for that bike so that I don't, you know, mess up something. So like the next week I can't walk properly, which I feel like I did a pretty good job. Yeah. One of these days you and I both will learn that lesson, but yeah, until that (laughs) (laughs) Skies <laughs> like that. Like I've been at your house guy where you get a new bike and you're like, Oh, I'm, it's going to take me a week to like figure this thing out. Cause like, it's got to be dialed in. Perfect. Yeah. New bikes are actually, I love them, but they're also stressful at the same time. Right. Cause it's just, it's new just equipment new. is a pain in the yeah. ass. To like, I have a bike to unpack right now. You, you've got to get it. it yeah, in. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know you sent me a picture of an empty box. It's not empty, like, but it is. Um, I did not show you the bike. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When are you, uh, when are you going to do the big, uh, reveal on that? It's my Kona bike. Yeah. So unless I ride it around town and you see me, then I won't be revealing it until Kona time. So. Okay. Yeah. Or if you came over, I would show you, but yeah, (laughs) no pics. (laughs) I need to come see Matt and Winston. They are the stars of the home for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Sky, talk to us a little bit about what you're up to these days. You've got, you just, you just got on the podcast. You just got done with a, a really long swim. Um, you were a little nervous about your goggle. Uh, what do you call that? I just call goggle eyes in my opinion. Um, it just happens anytime you swim for a long time, you know? So I just swam 7k yeah. in the pool. I was in there for a couple hours and um, yeah, I, I'm just training away here at home, still enjoying the summer weather. And, you know, Kona is my next big race on the schedule and my next big race or my next race period, actually. So, yeah, that's what I've got going on. So no racing until Kona. Yeah, we were. I mean, I was going back and forth in my head on Singapore. Like my coach and I kind of decided no to Singapore, but then I was still like toying with the idea. But ultimately, I decided with Singapore this weekend, like it's two 17 hour flights within a week. And I don't know, like travel is, 
it's not the racing that really beats you up. It's honestly the travel. Like it's so much work with all the gear. Um, then a flight like that. And honestly, the cost of the tickets were like a lot. So if I really wanted to make money, I needed to fly economy. But if I wanted to feel good, I needed to fly business class, which was like $8,500 for a round trip ticket. So um, it yeah. was it was in part, I mean, I always make, I'm an accountant, right? Like I make financial, financially sound decisions. And I just was like, you know, between the cost and the, the travel, which honestly would have taken me just a week to recover from, it's like... Nah, I, I'm just going to stay home and train. Kona is my A race, right? So um, the better I can feel going into that, you know, the better I think I'll perform. So um, we were thinking about a 70.3. There's there's a few in the US, but honestly, like there's no really easy ones to get to. Like if Santa Cruz was still a thing for pros, I would jump into that in two seconds. Like it's a 90 minute flight and you can literally do it in three days, right? Like you get in, you race and you go home. Um, but the only other options were like a flight and then like a two to five hour drive to the race and all this stuff. And I just, I'm like, I just can't be bothered to go do that. And for such small prize purses as well, it's just kind of like, ugh. Let's just focus on what I yeah. really want to focus on. So, yeah, Kona's up next. Yeah. Well, and I mean, let's talk about this for a second too, because you just you just raced the the, the PTO uh, Milwaukee yeah. race, and you know, one of the things that you talked about was you know how you wanted to go there just to to essentially feel what it looked like to to oh, yeah. as bad yeah. as yeah you know um and you had a great performance there um for that you finished was it 11th yeah it was 11th um yeah Tamara caught me right in the last mile ish couple miles maybe um I was hoping I'd hang on to that 10th spot but man she runs fast so yeah, like I like you said like my yeah she totally does my biggest goal for the race was just like go and push hard the whole time because like doing Ironman you just get really comfortable in this zone where you're uncomfortable but you're not killing yourself right um and it's fun to go kill yourself (laughs) like it's fun to go feel the pain and feel like you're fast and um it was full on seriously like full on from the gun so um yeah and I really just committed to it and I think as well like mentally it's good to feel really mentally engaged because you do have to be very mentally engaged and willing to, to hurt yourself for that long. Right. Cause it would be very easy to just default to like yeah. Ironman pace, but I wanted to like mentally feel it in myself. Like I had the fight as well because you need it for Ironman too. Like you need the fight when it gets really tough in an Ironman. It's just, it's just different. So yeah, I had a lot of fun. Like, of course it would have been fun to be closer to the front, but I had a lot of fun and I, I passed girls and or women and, um, yeah, it was, it was fun and I didn't lose money. So that's good. <laughs> so you, okay. So that's what I wanted to talk Great. to you about from a financial standpoint, yeah. because you, you were able to, and, and you kind of did like you were, because of the location, you were able to like not double dip, but you were able to justify travel too, because you spent a couple of days out on Trex factory, yeah. like afterwards correct yeah, right? just a so, day. but from a financial standpoint like you went 
you stayed kind of local. You were in the United States. Yeah. You were able to to fly there. You raced. You had a really good race. Um, you placed eleventh. And like when it's all said and done, like were you up like a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks? Were you even like financially? Where was it? Okay, I probably the trip probably cost. Um, well, give me a second. I can do the math in my head. <laughs> I probably spent about $2,400 total with flights, rental car, hotel, food. Um, and I chose to fly to Chicago because it was like half the price to fly to Chicago compared to direct to Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I, I'm up about $2,500, I guess you could say. I, I have not calculated it to the penny, but $2,500, yeah. which like still yeah. for like, it's still not a ton, honestly, like, but it's not nothing, you know, but when, when yeah, you could choose yeah. a race, maybe that you could go win and get bonuses and all this stuff, then it's, it doesn't feel like much, but yeah. it's, yeah. I guess as well, like it's worth it to go be part of these events. It's really, they're really fun to be a part of. So. They did a great job with it. I mean, Ryan and I talked about it last week on the podcast and we've talked a little bit about it off the podcast just together. I mean, it, it was really well done. I mean, they, they did a really good job attaching it to USAT national. Yeah. That right? was major. Because, yeah. Because they had all of that stuff that they, which will lead us into the next conversation of, of what you think of the new announcement mm -hmm. with, you know, the, the new race series next year, but, but really quick with just with, Milwaukee and the choice of not going to Singapore, like it really does come down to a financial standpoint because the PTO is not like, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're, they're not, you know, shelling out appearance money. Like they kind of used to where they, they pay for your travel and the accommodations. And I mean, they might be for some of them, but for most of the pro athletes, like, um, you know, it's just what you got to get there yourself. Yeah. I mean, for their races last year, um, as far as I know, they did not make appearance fees or they did not pay appearance fees and they didn't pay for the hotel for the Collins cup. Like all your accommodation was paid for, but that, and that was like an appearance fee based event, but like these races, it, mm -hmm. you, you pay to go to the race. But the other thing is last year, the prize purses were a million dollars and the structure was totally different. So like last year I raced the Canadian open, yeah. I was 14th place. And I won $11,000. So it's like, then yeah. here I am in the US Open, I was 11th and I made $5,000. Like it's a huge difference. Um, and they did that, right? Yeah. To like, they had to make some decisions this year to get everything going with what they have planned next year. Like I totally understand. And I think next year it'll be more financially enticing for athletes to go. But yeah, like, it wasn't particularly financially enticing the way it's set up right now. Like basically the winners of the races took a third of the prize money. And then you have, you have athletes who are trying to make a living and do make a living and they're barely, they're not making that much. I mean, really like even I right. think fifth place was only 10,000 yeah. and like, these are top athletes. And it was a stack. Exactly. Field. Like these are top athletes. Like, right. Big, Yeah who are giving up other yeah. races they could go win and get sponsor bonuses and all that. And so, but I think this year is just the exception because they're just trying to get through the year. So, and next year, I think they will be a lot 
more financial interest. Have you had so, any? So one one more question for me, and then I'll I'll shut up for yeah. a while. When it comes to the PTO and your sponsors, yeah. um, because this has been something that you know we've dealt with for a long time. Have you had any issues getting your sponsors to bonus you for top three or top five placement at these PTO events, like they do at Ironman events? Um, I don't. I honestly would have to go check all my contracts of which ones have PTO. I think only a couple have PTO in them and it was definitely just for podium. Um, so I think that that will change, right? Like the more attention we get from being at the races and the more attention the races get and just the momentum of that, like PTO, I think like, I guess several of my contracts are up for renegotiation this year. So it'll be interesting to see like if they will now all include the PTO. Um, and I think they should because if you're, if you're racing PTO events, I think yeah. they should from a, yeah, I, I agree. Like you can't, you can't compare apples to apples. Like, you know, from what I saw online, their YouTube visibility was like, I think the peak was like 9,000 viewers yeah. was, was watching um, the men's race and, and it was pretty dang close to like the women's race. I think I saw like 82 or 83. Okay. Um, hundred at one point with the women's race. Yeah. Like it was, I was surprised at how evenly matched they were yeah. when it came mm -hmm. to visibility. Now, once again, this is only what I saw on YouTube. Right. Like they have like I'm other sure ways to watch place that it was broadcasted. Well, like other countries though, um, other countries, but, like it's like not everyone from yeah, every other right. country can watch yeah. it on YouTube. So yeah, but like, you know, American-based companies, American-based yes. marketing, you know, all that. Like, but those are the, but those are big numbers. Like 9,000 people, you know, watching you on live, you know, TV yeah. or YouTube, you know, crossing a finish line with a logo, yeah. like like that's that's a lot more visibility than most Ironmans get from yeah. their coverage when it's not like a big regional thing. So, well, um, and the one thing Yeah, I hope they can I hope we can, I hope we can help companies to yeah. bonus you right yeah. for that. So, and I think the one thing the PTO needs to do a better job of, um, they need to feature more people on their coverage because, and this is the same complaint for Ironman. It's the same complaint for the PTO. We sit on the first one, two, maybe three people, the entire race. And that's great. But like, there's so much action. And if, if you're expecting these top athletes to go, spend their entire season racing PTO races, like they need to get some exposure for it. So they need to do a better job of moving the camera or having multiple cameras. Like they need to be able to take the camera off Taylor Nib and go back to like Cat Matthews, who's trying to move up on the bike. Like, cause we didn't see any of that. I probably only got on the coverage when I crossed the finish line. And I'm not saying I should have been on it the whole time, but like, if you're asking top athletes to go, we need to provide everyone some kind of coverage. And obviously the front of the race is probably the most exciting, but like for three and a half hours, certainly you can spare a few minutes for each athlete, you know? So that's, that's my complaint. And that's what I think yeah. they need to do to make it more enticing for sponsors to be like, yeah, we want our athletes at these races. Like a really good roaming moto 
in the back, just like one that just roams a little or bit. Or just have someone who's like tracking the race and being like, hey, it looks like a move, like looks like someone's going to make a pass here. Let's go back and get it. You know, like there just needs to be a little more attention to the entire race, not just who's going to, who's sitting on the front. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look and watched any of the coverage of the Paris test event, this morning, like the sheer number of cameras that World Triathlon had across the finish line, as you're seeing, you know, they had a moto with each one of the top like 10 women across the finish line. Oh, wow. Like just on the run, right? So that way you had all of that kind of visibility. And that's the thing that, you know, Eric and I have talked a fair bit about is the the quality of the racing that the PTO has right now is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take that away, but the broadcast experience itself isn't dramatically different from what we've had for any other long course of that. Sure. And that's the, the difficult part, right? Because when you're trying to tell those stories, like, you know, the intent of the PTO is unless you have the actual cameras and coverage to be able to show stuff like Jason West actually moving through the field instead of only showing yes. him when he's making the pass to move into the podium. Um, or if Kat's making a move on the back end of things, like how are you supposed to know that's happening when you don't have the graphics experience or you don't have the footage to be able to do yeah. it? Um, but that is, you know, I think, you know, pivoting a little bit as we talk about what the PTO's future looks like and the announcement yesterday of their, you know, partnership with World Triathlon to essentially bring this championship series to the tour, right? The thing that World Triathlon is the best at out of anybody right now is putting together uh, a compelling broadcast offering. Well, yeah, they've, they've two reasons. They've been doing it for decades and two it's all tax funded so you know they've got the money to do it i do think like the commentating the commentating at the world triathlon races could be a bit better um on some races uh but i think that's one thing where the pto they're working to find commentators who know know a lot about the sport and have a lot to say and yeah seems like they brought on a few new ones for the PTO US Open. So yeah, we'll see what next year looks like. Mirinda Carfrey did an amazing job being yeah. a, a broadcaster. Like I thoroughly enjoyed listening to her for the three and a half, four hours yeah. every single day when I was watching. Yeah, yeah. Like she was awesome. I agree. She did a really, really good job. Um, okay, so let's talk really quick about Sky, what do you think of next year's announcement with the PTO? And is, does it does it hurt you as a long course athlete specialist? Does it help you? Like, I mean, I think we need more information. Prize money's going away. <laughs> we, you know, it's not as it's not as big. You know, like what do you mean? Not what's not it's, as big? It's we don't know. What the- geared towards faster. Well, because it's not as. We don't know that yet. It used to be that these races. But we kind of know it. Like it, it you you would assume that it is going to drop in price. Yeah. Like, 
I, I mean, it's that's that's been the trend for the last three years is that it keeps getting smaller yeah. and smaller and smaller. But right? I do think, and and you're right, like we don't, we we could get some tax money in there and really you know spice it up. Well, I think. Why do you shake your head, right? Like that's exactly where the money comes from. It's taxpayers. <laughs> no, it's like some rich guy in Morocco or something, isn't it? Um, no, no, no. World triathlon. Oh, world triathlon. Like, yeah, but I mean, I, I certainly. Yeah, that's all federal money. Certainly, yeah. PTO is not just bumming off the world triathlon. Like they're they're bringing their own funds, and um, they are like they've they've raised more funds from investors. They are well. They are bumming off of them. They're, they're well, yeah, in a way. No, hundred percent. But they are bumming off of them in the regards of. Yeah, yeah, because they they're realizing what they're good at and what they're not good at, and I will give them credit with that. Like they're figuring that out really, really quick. That they yeah. they do not know how to put on races. Yeah, they know how to hype races up. Yeah, and they know how to bring pros to those races. Yeah. But we we all learned really, really quickly that they don't know how to put on a successful race. Well, and that's not what by themselves they shouldn't. Like, they struggle with and that. they shouldn't be that's like not, that's not what no, they, they shouldn't that's be what, doing that, that shouldn't all. be what they want to be that's that's iron man that's what iron man is like iron man is the age group experience pto is the pro broadcast and entertainment sector of the sport like that is what they need to be good at so yeah exactly but i think 100 back to yeah. your question about like what i think it means for me i mean and I still stand by it. We need more information before I can be like, oh, this is a good or bad thing for me personally. Because first of all, there's the financial aspect, right? Like it needs to be financially worth it for me because let's be real, the chances of me winning or podium a PTO race, very, very slim, very, very slim. So like, do I think if I only focused on it that I could get faster? Yes, I do. And and you might just get better at even like the tactics of it or just going that hard like you just would get better at it i mean literally pto us open i did ironman frankfurt five weeks before took 10 days off and then did like two weeks of hard training and went and raced you know like and not to say that i mean that's what i chose to do and i'm happy with my performance in that context but when i think of like oh if i only focus on pto like i do think i could be more competitive not probably not on the podium but like just more competitive because people need to be on the start line for these. It's not like only people who are going to podium should be going to these races, right? Like we need full fields right. and full stories and we need the PTO to tell it and showcase, right? Like they do need to show. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, if I chose to do PTO races, I don't want to go to every PTO race and never get any exposure and just finish, you know, like eighth, right. ninth, tenth and never get anything except a paycheck. Like, there, there needs to be some incentive for me to be able to go and represent sponsors and, you know, build my profile. Um, but yeah, the financial side, I would want to see like what the prize purses are. If there's like contracts being offered to athletes, um, you know, with like, is the travel covered? Like there's a lot of questions that I would have um, because on the other hand, it's like, okay, well, or I can go, clean up all the Ironman races that are left. Right. Like, and people still care about Ironman. And um, yeah, there's, I personally am not like jumping to a decision. And honestly, it may depend on what my ranking is at the end of the year. Like who knows how many athletes they are going to decide are going to be on the start line for these races next year. They've changed that as well this year. So, um, I mean, I, I feel good at, 
like I'm, I think I'm 15th now. So if I stay around there, then I'm probably okay to think, okay, yeah, I'll be invited to these PTO races. But I don't know. There's still a lot of questions. And I think there's still a lot of information that they need to share with us, which is apparently coming out in end of October or something. Okay. Yeah. So there's probably a. Probably like the day before coming. Yeah, probably <laughs> to distract. No, they wouldn't do that. They can't take away from us. <laughs> no. Come on. After Kona. I mean, um, but in all seriousness, right? Um, what, just so you know, right, you know, we've been pretty serious so far. I mean, just, it, you know. Yeah, I've meant every word I've said. <laughs> um, the, right, it's the, the couple of things that, you know, the PTO has put out so far on this. Um, you know, the fields are going to shrink even a little bit more um, than they did this year. I think that actually answers one of the questions that you have, right, in terms of coverage, right? If you have a smaller field, it's easier to be able to show everybody and what's happening. Um, I I do think that level of selection, as well as some of the additional criteria, like in the back of my head, the quote-unquote real winners of this are current-generation WTCS athletes. Who eventually are going to quote unquote step up, yeah. right to that distance where it's like you're staying within the world triathlon ecosystem a little bit. Um, it's going to make that racing even faster than it has been today. Yeah. We've seen that with you know as ITU slash W World Triathlon athletes have stepped into longer course racing, um, and so you know the thing is is that the industry still like. Sponsors are still going to pay bonuses for Ironman races as long as Ironman still offers pro fields, yeah. right? And so I think there's going to be, you know, a certain class of athletes. Like Joe Skipper is another guy who is very much said, oh, I wish the PTO would do, you know, a true long course race, like do something longer than 100K. Because, you know, the real diesels of the sport, for lack of a better term, um, they're going to be able to go clean up at some, yes. of, you know, true long course racing yeah. now um and really put a focus in on that and so um it'll be just really interesting to see who winds up kind of signing a contract right and what those contractual obligations will actually look like exactly. because doing you know i can't imagine they're going to say you have to race all six but maybe they will and you know these are the like, questions I, I don't know how many times you can go that hard in a year either yeah the the fascinating thing that I see and and you know this is this is my opinion on this and and then there's so I'm going to talk about that first and then I'm going to talk about my hopes afterwards is <clears throat> I'm starting to see a little bit about a controlled or or these stakeholders these big stakeholders so you've got Super League you've got the PTO and then you've got Ironman so I'm going to use those three as stakeholders and they're starting to highly focus on a certain aspect of a racer for the sport of triathlon. So super league is now becoming the gateway to the sport with short course events. This particular move, the PTO looks as if they're starting to, or trying to kind of become a gateway opportunity for a little bit longer, 70.3, right? And then you've got Ironman, who 
still has a really good 70.3 offering, but doesn't do anything in short course anymore, but really just owns the one, you know, 40.6 distance. Now, my, so if that's true, my hope is, is that these three entities can figure out a way to work together so that we are properly growing the sport from the very bottom all the way to the top where you have an athlete that like me example, right. Goes to the sprint race 23 years ago, does an Olympic, does a half, does a full and has that trajectory to do all of those things and has a really good experience in every one of those avenues to get to the point where it, it, he actually wants to do, you know, a full Ironman distance or that distance, I think. Um, so it'll be really, like you said, Ryan, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out because as of this moment, they've all just worked against each other, you know, um, and not really with each other at all. And so I hope that they can start to work together so that the sport and the community as a whole can really benefit from the packages that these particular entities seem to really be focusing on. Yeah. And it would be nice from an athlete standpoint and an athlete who does, I feel capable to do the PTO distances and then even more capable to do full Ironman. Like, am I going to have to choose one or the other or are they going to work together where it would be possible for me to do a few PTO races and then focus on Kona or something like that. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. And another thought I had when you were talking about like the experience of you starting 23 years ago, I think it's important to remember as well. There's an entire uh, world of local triathlon and it's completely different from the races that we go to. Like it is locally, the people doing these local races, they're having probably, I'm just going to say it, they're probably having the most fun. They're not worried about how expensive yeah. their bike is. They're they're on road bikes. They're they're wearing like cotton t-shirts on the run. Like it is pure fun. And there's a lot of that going on too. And I think that is honestly like the most important um, environment that needs to thrive is because that's how I got started too. Like local racing it, and it, it's fun. Sky, you're a hundred percent you're a hundred percent correct and and the other hope is is that the super leagues yeah and the pto events and the ironmans don't bully those local yeah, race true. directors like they have in the past yeah. because that is and it's coming back like yeah. iron man was dicks to those guys <laughs> six or seven years ago i mean just they were ruthless with trying to put them out of business to monopolize what they were trying to do. And they learned their lesson, you know, after that of, of how that kind of messed up the community as a whole. And they really focused on not doing that. And, you know, and, and it's taken a while, particularly with COVID for those local race events to come back, but, but they're thriving, like to the point where everyone's, you know, when they say like, Oh, triathlon's dying no iron man's cutting back but triathlon is not dying like there's so much local um events that are starting to take place again the media just doesn't talk about those but but they're you know you talk to a local race director like races are selling out like participation levels are up that's great it's also going up too for them 
but the event itself, they're, they're starting to thrive again. And it's, it's very, very important for our community to, to have those things go. Oh. Ryan, you've shaked your head a lot during this last. I was just going to say like the, the number one thing that people ask for right now is for race costs to come down. And it's just, unfortunately, like that's just not an environment that is going to happen because there, there's no place to cut, right? Like people always immediately point to, Hey, let's cut swag. And it's like swag was like $5 of your race entry fee. Like, yeah, I was going to ask. Swag is not the, the thing cost? that's driving your cost up. Yeah. It, it's uh, $3.25 yeah. per if you order 300 Not Not that I know, because we just ordered ours for our half marathon. But um, no, it, I mean, the things that cost money are permits, are porta potties, are right. food, like the stuff that, you know, you have to have in order to have an event. Um, and so, you know, like that goes back to this concept of people are choosing to race more locally and they're diversifying like all of the different kinds of events that they do. And I think that's part of why Ironman's kind of right sizing their own event calendar because, you know, they don't need as many races and it's frankly healthier for the sport when you have people racing a bunch of different stuff because that's how you create the top end of the funnel to eventually get people to you know a branded 70.3 or iron man event it, it's healthier for everybody it's it's definitely healthier for the for the pro athletes because you have less events that you have to worry about going to when you go there can be bigger prize purses yeah. because they're not so spread thin with prize purse allocation. And you're actually going and you're, you're having meaningful results because there's a good pro field yeah. there. You know, you're not like cherry picking and thinking you did awesome. And the reality of it is, is if you would have just went up against like a bunch of like, I mean, Sky, I took first overall in the non elite division in the great plains. And I definitely would have beat you. Like, oh my gosh. You totally would have. Right. And so, you know, and so my wife's just like, ah, she like told all the family there. Like, Congratulations. At first I'm like, dude, I was in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like I, like <laughs> I am slow. Like, yeah. Um, you know, but, but when you have a, a, a huge spectrum of races out there and there's only so many professional athletes that can actually afford to go that are, you know, what I classify as legit professional athletes yeah. to a race, you know, those fields. I mean, it's one of the reasons why you went to Frankfurt, yeah. right? Like you wanted to go race a strong field to really figure out like where you matched up with everybody. Yeah. And like, to be fair, Frankfurt could have been stronger. It wasn't, it wasn't like it was crazy weak, but like, obviously a lot of the very best raced in Roth the weekend before, but um, there's epi- economics to these decisions that I made. So I ended yeah, up right. in Frankfurt. Um, yeah. So you, this year, because I, I've, I've known you for a couple of years. And so you and I stay in touch, not a lot, but enough yeah. to where I know what's going on with you. You, you've changed, you've changed coaches. Talk to us a little bit about the change. Yeah. 
why why you changed if you want to go into that if not just who you changed to and how that's been going um i don't think i'll go into too much detail of why i changed it's um not ideal i would say sometimes you just need you just need a new yeah uh, you need a new i mean in hindsight i changed for some reasons and then in hindsight i realized all the other reasons why i needed to change and like i think one of the big ones is it just didn't feel sustainable for me anymore. Um, the way things were set up, uh, I really, it was tough to feel like I had control of my life and I didn't even realize it in the moment until I switched. I switched to David Tilbury Davis. Um, and prior to David, like I got my training the day before, the night before, sometimes the morning of, um, which made it really hard for me to plan my life ever. And, and then there were just some, some things with my old coach, um, Cam Watt is who I used to work with and we just did not agree on it and um those those things were deal breakers for me and also not mentally sustainable for me to be with him anymore so um yeah I went like two and a half months without being coached um you know just needed that space for myself like I seriously just needed control of my life and a break from being in structured training and um then I decided on David and David's been really great. He's very professional. I get my training in advance and it just feels a lot more collaborative. And I think I'm to the point where like I've been doing this for, I don't know, seven or eight years professionally. Um, and I'm just like done doing things that I don't want to do or that if I don't think that's what's best for me, then I'm not doing it, you know? And it doesn't mean that I don't take criticism or advice but it's like I'm going to have the majority say and whether this is like the right thing for me and um obviously like I trust David and um but it's way more collaborative and yeah I I have all these years of experience of what works and what doesn't work and mentally what I'm what helps me mentally thrive and you know there's there's just a lot that goes into making professional sports sustainable and Sometimes it has to feel unsustainable for you to realize like, oh my gosh, I need to change things because this doesn't feel good anymore on a lot of levels. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely, as we participate in the sport, right. On a, on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly experience, we we're always learning what we're capable of. And we're also learning what we're not capable of. Yeah. And you know, and, and looking at a workout and being like, fuck, this is going to hurt. Right. But I can do this. Yeah. Right. Is different than I can't do this. I'm like, I, I know that like, I can't do this. And if I do this, it's like, this is going to be, bad. Yeah. um, you know, and so learning that I, I'm sure you're able to kind of apply that with, you know, your coach of like, ugh, you know, like, all right, I'll do this. Like, I don't want to do this, but I'll do this because I know I can versus like, no, like I, it's impossible for me to do. Or just, right or even like, I know we're- it's usually not even a matter of whether or not I can do it. I'm really good at forcing myself to do things, but it's like, is that the best thing for me to do right now? Like I'm already exhausted. Is this really necessary? Or is it even just from a mental engagement standpoint? I mean, when you're training back to back to back 30 hour weeks, like, it's not that I need to be entertained in training. Like, no, I do the same run loops like every day and I do the same bike routes like every day. It's not about being entertained, but it's about, I guess, being excited to do the training in a way. Like just 
just doing it in a way that keeps it fun and interesting. So whether that's like riding your road bike instead of your TT bike one day, like literally just those little things can make a difference in how you mentally approach the session. Um, yeah. Or, or just having some autonomy on like how things should be done. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Like, yeah, I'm, I feel much happier right now where we are at in the year than I did last year. That's for sure. <laughs> so yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I think the other thing you, you touched on, right. Is you needed a break from structure. Yeah. Right. Like that two and a half month period where you went uncoached. I still trained. Um, <laughs> and that's something that, you know, as a coach, right. Like I encourage, you know, athletes like, no, we need to take two, four, six weeks just off. Do what you feel yeah. like is best. But like that structure, that regiment part of things, like you can, it's not sustainable to do it full gas all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of athletes kind of need to hear that, hey, like it's okay to take that time and do some stuff that just feels good in the moment. Yeah. And you know, like there's other things, right? Um, like I have a home, I have a husband and a dog and I have other things I like to do. And so you need to be able to like nourish that side of yourself, right? Like the, I, the word balance is dumb because like balance, (laughs) balance ebbs and flows and like the balance is going to change depending on where you're at in your life. But like finding what works for you and realizing that, it's oftentimes like the little things you need to do for yourself and make sure that you do for yourself that can help you um, feel, feel happy. And like, for me, sometimes that's baking cookies at night. Like I love to bake. So if I'm not doing that, then I get like, I miss it and I want to do it. And (laughs) like, it sounds crazy. Don't you, don't you love to crochet too? No, I I don't crochet. Uh, I I do. So, but like, I haven't. So I I can. So yeah, no. But, um, yeah, just it's the Mormon background. <laughs> I mean, I have learned how to crochet, but I, I don't remember anymore. I'm sure it would come back instantly. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding, Sky. I know you didn't crochet, <laughs> but so, okay. So you are what? It's eight weeks away from Kona. Yeah, I think so. Looks like it. Looking at the date. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to Lauren Brandon yesterday. Oh, we're uh, riding together tomorrow. Apparently, you. I know that's what she said, and I was like, "That makes me happy." Like you guys should be doing some rides together because you're you're only like, well, she lives in the middle of nowhere, like up in the yeah. But she drives takes like forty. She drives to train like every single day because she's so high up. Like she can't train up where she lives. Oh yeah, she has to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, unless she's going to do a gravel try, right. like there's no, it's not, pavement. it's all, it's all. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that, that made me happy to, to know that you guys were, were riding tomorrow. Um, but there's eight weeks before Kona. So what, tell us a little bit about now that you know, your training program more than 12 hours in advance, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah. So these next couple of weeks, we're doing a lot Cause you're going to start getting pretty grumpy here pretty soon. No, you, you know, what's funny is here's do. another difference. Like with, with cam, I, we would train so freaking hard and I just be desperate for a rest day. Like we would, we would get like full rest days, even kind of a couple, like a rest day and a light day. And like with David, 
I just steadily train. It's more of like a slow burn and I don't, I don't have full days off anymore. Um, but I'm never to the point where I'm just like, I need a rest day. Right. Like, I think the only time, the only reason I would want a rest day is so that I can like wake up when I want and then like bake cookies all day and not worry about triathlon. Right. So like physically though, physically, I don't really get to the point where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need a rest day. Like I'm just dead, you know? Um, so the next few weeks we're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of biking and swimming the next couple few weeks. Um, big weeks, 30 hours plus. Um, so that's kind of the visibility I have right now. And then, you know, I think we'll go into the more well-rounded Kona build where we'll, we'll turn the running back on. Um, I mean, I'm still running the next few weeks. There's just not like massive run workouts like I will be doing um leading into Kona but yeah lots of swimming lots of biking and then you had a hard swim workout this morning well because I I follow you on form now we're we're yeah form swim the app is awesome um I it wasn't necessarily that hard it was 7k but it's not like it was 7k of death um I think the hard part is you know, 7K is a long swim no matter what. And so you you definitely start feeling that fatigue in your arms. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, coolest product in the water I've ever used, by the way, is Form. Oh. They're not a partner of ours. They don't. But they did send me. Ryan's got a follow preview because they finally got their shit together and, and put training peaks together. Yeah. Right? That's a big integration. Um, so they did that. Yep. Yeah. And so he's got an article that's going on the the site today, but they, they sent me a pair so I could take some pictures. And then because I suck at swimming and I don't like to swim, um, I'm like, maybe, you know, cause, cause Mark Goddard actually from Zoot was the one that really hyped him up to me. Like, what well, I totally hyped and, him up uh, to you too. Like I freaking love yeah, my form but goggles. Like, you're a professional athlete. Like I'm not gonna like listen to you, right? Like you have to swim, right? Like, yeah, I'm that's talking true. about a dude that's that true. like doesn't like to swim, right? Like he's not paid to swim. Yeah. Like he so so I finally got him. And like if you're an athlete that has to swim and you do triathlon, like you should buy a pair of these. Like, I, 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 honestly I don't know why you wouldn't. I agree. I mean, I, like, particularly if you swim alone, because yes. it's, it's life changing in the regards of, cause I don't, I was not a swimmer. Well, I was for a little bit, but like, I don't know how to do workouts. Like I don't know how to do any of that stuff. Like I, I see people and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do this on the clock. And I'm like, it just goes over my head. I'm like, I don't know what the <laughs> hell you're talking about at all. Right. So for me to get in a pool and like see this little hologram, like literally talk me through a workout, yeah. I, it was, it, it's awesome. Like, yeah, the yeah. workouts, the workout library would be huge if you, if you need to be walked through a workout and then, you know, with the integration with training peaks now being able to sync workouts that your coach programs, if you work with a coach, like I'm sponsored by form full disclosure, but like, I freaking love them. If they drop me for whatever reason, yeah. I'd be like, hey, I need goggles for life, though, because seriously, I don't want to swim yeah. without them. Um, yeah. Well, and and then you've got like the, you know, the little um, feed where, you know, you, you follow people and people see your workouts if you choose to do yeah. that. And so 
now I go and I'm just like, ah, I can't not do this because people are going to like see oh. what a wimp I, I was. <laughs> that peer you know? pressure. And so I'm like, yeah, like I, you know, it's like I, I've got to at least do like a thousand yards, you know, or 14. Yeah, or like, or, or people are you are even really swimming? I suck. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm right. really happy yeah. to hear that you you really like them because I I do love them and they help me a lot. And it's like I swim with people fairly regularly and I have workouts and I understand how the clock works and I still love the form goggles. I mean, I think one of the biggest things, um, I guess one of the plugs I'll give to them is they really help push me on like fast efforts. Like, cause I think we all have mm-hmm. a speed or like a pace in our mind that we want to hit. And when you can see it like right in your eye that you're going to, if you don't like really push hard this last 25, you're not going to make it. Like, I don't know. I find that, I find it very motivating. Um, So yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It's, it's the don't be a wimp like (laughs) category, right? I mean, you got to make, right? Like you either make the interval or you don't, right? And so having that instantaneous feedback has, you know, super valuable sky do you wear yours in open water at all or just in the um pool? if i went and did open water swimming for training i would wear them like i've connected them to my garmin and um you know it it tracks all the distance and pace and all these things um but in racing i do not wear them simply because they like i'm focused on swimming on feet and just racing the race like i'm not focused on anything else so um yeah and they're they're also kind of an expensive thing to lose in in a transition they would so if you're not i, I thought about that the other yeah day. but i mean if because yeah. if... i almost took them to the gravel trail oh. like, what if i lose them yeah right? like that's expensive yeah that is true i mean like for me with transition being so fast and yeah maybe i mean i'm always trying to put things like in the right place in the bin or whatever but yeah, if if you had the time to like put them back in their case or something in transition, then maybe that would make you feel better. But yeah, I it, I think it's individual on the racing side, but in training for open water, they're great. They're amazing because it's just you're getting live data. And I mean, that's like that's been my personal place where I need them because you know I am more of a swim background mm. person. So give me a pace clock. Yes, I need a pace clock. Leave me yeah. alone, right? Yeah. Um, but in open water, like I've always had this massive disconnect in what I can achieve in the pool versus what I do out in open water. And just having that instant feedback has been a game changer for me. And, you know, I bought my pair, uh, at endurance exchange pre COVID and haven't had to change a gasket, an eye seal, any piece of it. Like they're durable as hell. I was going to ask you about that, Ryan, because you know, in, in theory and thinking, like the only thing that I can come up with of why somebody wouldn't want to buy them is if, you know, they, the goggles go to shit in six months, right? Because you you tend to go through regular cheap goggles pretty relevantly. Like I do at least like a couple of months. I'm like, yeah, I need a new one. They like fog up all the time. They get scratched. Right. You know, so they don't, right. Like they spent, this is part of why it's 249 bucks, right? Um, they went with premium materials. And now um, one of the other changes that they've 
put out there is you can buy certain replacement pieces without having to go through a customer service. So Mm. if you need new eye seals, you can do that. If you need a new um, non uh, display lens, you can get that. And it's all really reasonably priced. Is there a heart rate monitor for them? They, they used like, so there's, yeah, yeah, you can, you can explain it. (laughs) So I just need to know so that I don't like, because when I swim, I feel like I'm having a heart attack because I'm so inefficient. You wear a swim cap? So I just, you wear a swim cap? Because no, I get hot, guy. I'm like, I'm like ten pounds overweight. Ten so pounds. Everything no. just sweaty and. Uh, no, like. I wear a so, swim cap. Get over you it. You have looked. You have looked at my swim data on form. I'm horrible. Like I need to go take a closer look. It sounds like, but. They have like um, just one of the little round things, and I have put it like in my in my swim cap on my forehead. Uh, that that uh-huh. works really well. But um, I feel like they may be that, working that, on that integrating it. Yeah, it measures heart rate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, like if you have Garmin integration or anything else, it's one of the things that passes yeah. over too. Yeah, you could wear like a Garmin heart rate strap. A... I think the swim one. But does that, because it used to be to where those didn't really work really well through the water. Have they figured that out now? Yeah, I'm not sure. So it'll, so it, the the smart ones will hold on to the data oh, until right. it reconnects to the device. So it that way, it. like, and then it'll sync up. So I'm not going to get like live feed on my heart. And you my can, heart. depending heart rate on what is a lagging use. indicator in the water anyways. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Now I just need to find a really good music device that I can listen to while I'm in the pool, and I'll be I'll be. If you find one and they send you one, have them send me one too, because I've been tempted some swims. I'm like, man, some music would be nice right now. Well, H two O audio does. I've heard like, is it aftershock? And and ten years ago, and um, I don't know if aftershock is waterproof. They, they might be aftershock is usually a lot of like trail runners and um, cyclists wear them because they don't go in right. the ear and they, they, they use the vibration on your like jawbone. Yeah. And so you can still hear everything, but still listen to music. Um, but I just need to, yeah, I'm going to do some research guy and I'll get okay. back to you on it. Cause yeah, I, I would love nothing more than to like, Listen to my own podcast. Listen to your own I voice swim. while you Amazing. swim. I never listen. I will to never this. listen to this episode. Never ever. Oh, I'm sorry. On. I won't do we it. We need it. We we need. Look, I'll share just, it on Instagram, but I'm not going to listen to myself again. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, what are you What are you doing for Kona when you arrive? When you yep, get there? going ten days out, so I'll get there October fourth. Um, I'm kind of happy about this. My birthday is October 2nd and I'm glad I'll be home. Um, and then go out October 4th. So I'll be here. I'm just staying home and doing the training and I've got my sauna in my backyard. Like I'm ready to go. So I know I'm so nice. jealous of your sauna. <laughs> it, now I'm assuming that, that Matt is going to go to come yep, with you. Yeah. We're, we're all booked to go out. Is any, any of the f- other family members going? Yeah. So my... My mom, stepdad, brother, 
they're going a little before the race. And then I think my older sister and her kids, I think they're actually coming after the race. Like my family kind of turns this into an excuse to take a family vacation to Kona now, which I don't mind. Like it's great. Um, So my parents will be there for the race. My younger sister may be there. um, But yeah, there's, there's some family. I'm not sure if anyone else, I think actually my grandma, my aunt and uncle on one side. Yeah. There's some family. Are you going to let us come uh, do a barbecue at your yeah, place just, either before or after yeah, the race? Yeah. Um, come, when do you get there? Like, come do it early. I I, I don't know when, but I've decided that we're going to be present for Kona. Hey, I'm happy to so hear that. I've talked to because, a lot of. Like, I don't know who's actually going to go. Like, there's not as many racers there this year there's there's not i mean and we've we've talked about this and um you know i've i've voiced my opinion to iron man multiple times about this and and uh you know i worry um i worry that that they're setting the women up for the success that they should be setting them up that would be Um, you know they're not dropping expo prices for vendors and so a lot of vendors can't afford to get there particularly with the house prices and now with you know, sadly with the, the destruction that's going on in Maui, I don't know what it's going to look like either. Yeah. Um, and so when talking with a lot of the, um, you know, endemic companies that we work with, it, it, it became very clear to me that, that any budget that we had from a slow twitch perspective needed to be solely focused on Kona this year and, and really getting out there to try to do our best to, that amplify what the women are are there to do yeah um so we're you know we're skipping finland we're skipping nice um well ryan actually is going to be out in nice for hoka um but we're yeah so i'm going to be out there for hawaii and it's um it's going to be it's going to be good we're you know we're also using it to launch our age group team Ah, next year um so that's going to be really cool um, we've got some athletes that will be racing there. So, uh, but I'll probably be there for a good 10 days or so. Okay. Yeah. So well, let me know. Be good. Come take some pics. Yeah. So hopefully Iron Man will give me credentials. Yeah. I'm ghetto. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you're on their good list. <laughs> the application windows now, bud. Get it done. Oh yeah. yeah we got Don't it. rent a helicopter. No, it's too expensive. I can't afford it. Everything's so freaking expensive. I don't think housing prices really dropped compared to last year at all. Not much. Oh, no. Not at all. No. Nope. Not at all. All right. Ryan, anything else for Sky today? No, just thank you so much for joining us and uh, letting us pick your brain on a few different things here. Yeah, it was a fun time. Sky, where can people follow you? Uh, Insta- yeah, Instagram is the best place. Get all your uh, at Sky Monch. Um, I used to have someone that helped me with my YouTube, but he doesn't do that anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. But well, no, here's I mean, the thing: we couldn't, we we could never get your training. I, no, this is true. I couldn't plan anything. So it was. I couldn't plan. Do anything. you remember when mm-hmm. we actually had like commercial videos that we had to produce together, it was hard. and it was like we had to get permission to figure out what our training was going to be like in three days. So we could actually plan for like one of our sponsors. It's a huge, it was it a was, huge pain. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Like it was not fun. Yeah. Um, 
yeah. which works for some people and other people. It well, and it worked so. for a long time for me, but I think I've outgrown that. So, um, yeah. anyway, Instagram's yeah. the best place. I, I also don't think that you should, I also don't think you should do a YouTube channel. Okay. I, I told no, you, I know. you should do a podcast. I know. And I, you would be, you're so much more entertaining talking over a month. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's so less time. I know it's been on my to-do you, list. You like the best guests on the entire it. year. <laughs> But you know how it goes. I'll do it. Yeah. And like Matt, you know, Matt can like build you out like a cool little studio room down in the basement. And... Yeah. Well, here's the, that's part of the problem. You can do a lot of cool things for this. You think about all the things you need to do. And it's like, you know what? Actually, what you need to do is just sit down and record yourself. You know what I mean? Like, don't overcomplicate it. Let it develop, you know, just get started. Right. So that's what we do. That's what we do. We have zero plan when we go into these things. Yeah, obviously. Which is why we're mumbling <laughs> just now. Just kidding. I have notes. I bring notes. No, you had a plan. You sent me that document. That's all I got. Anyway, but yeah, we can end it. I got to go eat. I'm hungry. <laughs> Sky, thanks so much for taking the yep. time. Uh, we appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me.